0: what's up men this week we uh it's been a while we missed a week um we got a couple things we going to talk about i want to talk about uh creator now and Arak. they sold um i don't actually know much about this but sean is hyped up on it i want to talk about um mr beast and twitter which is x which has actually been quite the interesting thing to watch on twitter with him and um, elon going at it I want to talk about this Rabbit R1, which I've seen a million things about, don't know anything about it, but it got released at, uh, what is it, at CES a few weeks ago, and uh, Sean, I filmed a mutual friend of ours, Noah Kagan, who, uh, we're buddies now, I got his cell phone number, <laughs> somehow, um, and uh, I-, I filmed him this weekend, so I want to talk about that and a couple other things, but first, how are you guys, Kyler, Sean, how are you?
1: Great. It's uh, overcast over here. So I love it because we don't get that kind of weather over here. Sean lagging over here. Sean's
0: shooting on a Sony. So his stuff is glitching <laughs> out.
2: I'm I'm good. It was freezing for a minute John, for me. Alive? I wasn't sure if Kyler was still talking, but
0: doing good. Happy to be here. Awesome. Okay, good. Nice. Okay. Um, well, actually, I know we to got a little out of order. Um, so. Interesting thing happened. I'll tell you my perspective. Last year, uh, Tucker Carlson, the number one show on TV, the number one news show on all the television, has been for a freaking damn near decade, leaves leaves Fox News, which I think everybody, you know, everybody's pretty confident that the legacy media is dying, and he goes over to Twitter, which I thought was um, very significant, very very significant. And you know what he does on Twitter? He um he fucking does really well. And then uh, so I've been watching it like a hawk. I've been watching it like a hawk because I think it's really where new media, especially adult media, I think that's where you know we talk about Instagram and, and LinkedIn and all these things. And people call LinkedIn like professional, but like Twitter is where the adults are hanging out and talking politics and news and culture. And, I, and the fact that Tucker went there uh, was a big deal. And now, and now Mr. Beast goes over there and launches a video, uh, which I don't actually know if that's a, a, a good brand move. But I'm curious what you guys think about all this. John, you want to go first?
2: I, what was the the whole question? Because it was kind of freezing up on me a little bit. Tucker Carlson went to Twitter. Legacy Media is dying, and you're just wondering my thoughts on it.
0: <laughs> well,
2: I'm Mr. Beast.
0: On oh, yeah, Mr. Beast. Beast. I mean, what do you? Yeah, yeah. What do you? Think I about mean, Mr. Beast? and then him and, him and Elon been going at it like on Twitter about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if. I think it'd be cool if Mr. Beast used this as like an opportunity to do a collab with Elon, but he probably wouldn't do it unless, you know, he's
3: uploading. All right. I'll
1: I'll
2: go. I'll go.
3: I'll
1: go. So let's see. Mr. Beast, right? He's been going back and forth with Elon Musk about this Twitter stuff. I think it's interesting. You talk about the branding on it. I think it could be like one of those one-time things where it's, it gets the attention because it's just like an interesting crossover. Um, obviously got the views. I don't know how much of that is because Twitter X put some marketing behind it to boost it and put it in front of everyone. But I mean, at the end of the day, it got attention. And um, I mean, if you don't know who Mr. Beast is by now, then you're living under a rock. But like, for those that don't, got some exposure for his brand.
3: And Elon's always been like that
1: has that branding of like trying to be that cool entrepreneur that's on, on the internet. So for him to do these little collaborations, going on Joe Rogan, working with Mr. Beast, I think it's great for his brand. Um, Mr. Beast getting into Elon Musk's face? I mean, I don't know. Mr. Beast is... Uh, who's his audience? Kids, right? So I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? It's just interesting? Um, I think it's cool.
0: Well, I'm looking at it. So uh, currently, this video gets 167 million views. So that is, uh, by all. That is by every definition, impressive, right? I wonder. Actually, now I'm going to look at it. I wonder how much it got on YouTube. So I think he thought it was going to be a joke, and it was not a joke. So the fact that it got so many, that it did so well, it's like, oh, this is a real. There's a real opportunity here. So I think that changes the uh, changes the name, right? I mean, if what if. What, could there be a world where mr b says no to youtube and yes to x and goes exclusive to x like what would that do to youtube right what would that do to, to x right that would that would fundamentally change the platform um, yes also this week i saw a um i saw a video where mr b says uh yeah i'd, I'd run for president now you gotta remember he's 25 right he's not gonna be eligible until He's 40. so i think about this in terms of like what is this guy's intention right like why why was why was you know, why is Donald Trump so popular? It's not because he's been in the electorate for 40 years, right? Doing, doing lawmaking. He's been on he's been a reality TV show for 40 years. Well, what if you have Mr. Beast, who has a way bigger audience, by the way? And yeah, they are kids. But I, I don't know if you know this. Kids grow up. Yep. Kids thought. grow up. So these, these, this, this 200 million subscribers that he has on, on YouTube, I mean, now, not all of those in the United States what, are 100 million. That's a third of the population, my dude. Yeah. That's a third of the population. 83 <laughs> million people voted for Donald Trump. Or whatever. It's it 80 million. Right? So what if 100 million people... And now you got to remember, I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about in 20 years at the least. And most politicians don't want until they're about 60 because they want to have a little bit of wisdom. And they need the, they need the political um, capital. But, you know, the video that he says, Mr. B says, I was like, I don't need the money. I'll just give all the money away. Like I have, you can't buy me, so I can just do the right thing. That's um, what Donald Trump ran on, right? I'm, I'm the outsider. Yeah. So I think this Twitter ex-Elon Musk's Mr. Beast sort of thing has bigger implications than just like, oh, I mean, it got 167 million views. He says it paid him $250,000, which is nowhere near. I, I don't know what YouTube pays him. I, I can't imagine $250,000 is a lot for him for, for a video. But I bet you it's enough that he's like, I'll post it on both. Yes, two hundred fifty thousand ain't nothing, and it doesn't cost anything to post. So, you know, can that grow? I mean, he did. He did. Considering that's the first video he did on, on, on Twitter, so I think it's um, I think it's very interesting. Elon wants Twitter to become the the number one social platform for all media types, and I mean, a lot of people laugh, but I, if you laugh at Elon Musk, like prepared to prepare to be you know it's like he's he's kind of pulled through on everything so far so
3: yeah i mean i agree with that um uh, the the long-term it matters
1: because if x or twitter whatever you want to call it slowly starts taking these creators and they start posting on this platform and it becomes a place to monetize all the attention now now you have the politicians there you have the creators there so you have all these different hubs of people that are on your platform promoting x and twitter and i mean look look what elon musk would create he would control media i think that's what he
3: wants as well it helps his brand
0: yeah he's is he the biggest now on on uh is he now the biggest on on twitter i mean I, there, there's all there's there's secondary order effects here where i think like there's a weird thing that happens is like once something's cool then the cool people leave so yes there's definitely something right. about um an undeniable fact about culture where you can segment people into like you know first movers and the first movers are going to go to whatever's cool and when it gets crowded and like stuffy then they're just like i'm just gonna leave so i worry about that with social yeah. i think that's going to be a lot of social right now like, facebook was cool in 2008 like we opened it up it's cool Right, and now it's like you know, it's it's the it's it's, it's the old people.
1: Right?
0: Yeah, and and Instagram's kind of sort of going that way now. TikTok's the young people, and then but that's going to get old, and then there'll be something else. So I think there'll always be like uh, a uh, a sort of movement. What's interesting, I think about Mr. Beast is that um, this guy has zero zero like he's not slowing down. In fact, he's speeding up. So I just look at this yeah. dude's momentum at twenty five, and I'm like. He's talking to Elon Musk like on Twitter like fairly regularly. Um, he's talking about being president. He's making absurd amounts of money. He's the most popular person on the entire internet. What is this person going to become in 20 years? Um, if you can bring that onto the, on the, the Twitter platform, the kids won't care until they're 40. Then like Twitter can be like, hey, we don't want to deal with the TikToker type content. We want to deal with adult content. Well, yes. People spend most of their life as adults. You can be 13 and watch Mr. Beast, and, but one day you're going to be 35, and they're going to do, like, I'll give you an example, and then I'll, I'll, and I'll stop sucking the air up. People say, like, what do I care about national politics? Why do I going to pay attention to Donald Trump versus Joe Biden? Why do I care about politics? It doesn't affect me. Well, when I was
3: 18, it was 2001,
0: and 9-11 happened, and then I went and joined the Army, and then I went to Afghanistan. So I had a very early understanding that national politics can very directly, very much so affect you. And so what happens, I think about, I say that all to say, like, all these 14-year-old kids that don't care now that are watching Mr. Beast, when he comes out one day in 10 or 15 years and he matures and he's like, let's talk about politics. These people are going to listen. And they're going to be in a position where they care more. He's not going to make content for kids forever. So that's why I think it's so interesting. These are like the biggest, like you said, Elon's the biggest media owner now and mr beast is the biggest media creator
1: yeah yeah Uh, the futures he's building a lot of leverage and for a long-term game because those kids are going to be loyal to him just because of his entertainment and then once he starts talking and getting into more serious types of topics people are going to listen to him whether those beliefs you believe in or not it doesn't matter because he already has the loyalty for a lot of the youth um that could be dangerous, too. So it's interesting to see how that plays out, depending on, you know, his beliefs and stuff. I mean, that's how uh, that's how um, dictatorships are
0: built. hundred <laughs> percent. Everybody wants the benevolent dictator.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's just he, he actually makes the uh, well, what is that? What is that? Not the Hunger Games or whatever. <laughs> that that show he did. Um, oh, he makes stupid. it a reality but no that would be hilarious but also not <laughs>
2: yeah yeah
1: all right cool what's next um sean are you back with us or
2: i'm back can you hear me
1: yes welcome awesome. back you missed out oh, yeah. on our mr beast but we're, we're ready to move on now
0: sean tell me about tell me about Arak.
2: So Eric is a creator I've been following since COVID 2020. He blew up on the platform, YouTube getting a million subscribers in less than a year. And he was doing kind of challenges like sneaking into Jake Paul and Logan Paul's fights and things like that. Super clickbaity kind of in the same realm as Mr. Beast. And then he partnered with a guy named Zach and Katie and started creator now. And it's a, Online community uh, where they can teach creators how to be creators. I joined. It's about 250 bucks a year, and they have over 10,000 creators that they've helped achieve over 126 billion views. I don't know if they're counting Airx videos in that or not. I suspect they are, but they recently just got acquired by VidIQ, and so. Mm-hmm. I was doing a little bit of homework. I was like, okay, I'm curious. You know, how much did they get bought for? So, when uh, Kyler and I were talking, we were actually looking up. You know, okay, how much does VidIQ make, firstly? And this is all speculative. I saw on GrowJoe.com that they are estimating uh, 16 million a year, but I saw on LinkedIn Creator Now only has 14 people listed on LinkedIn that work there. And they said they're they're not changing anything, you know, with their current model of, you know, having guest YouTubers come on the platform and, you know, talk about their methodologies for creating content. And they do like editing critiques and channel roasts. It's It's kind of a cool, you know, community of people that are all just trying to make it on YouTube. But I was kind of curious what we would guess that they got bought for, because it was news to me when I saw that they got bought, they're only three years old and they have 10,000 people that have
3: joined creator now, so.
0: Um, well, we can do some quick and dirty math.
3: Cause how
1: much does it cost? See,
0: would you say 200, how many people? Yeah, 10,000 people
2: pay 250 bucks a year.
0: So, that's 2.5 million revenue? Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. If you say they have a, I'm totally guessing what's their expense ratio, right? Are they 80% margins?
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's probably pretty high. I bet everyone works from home. I don't know if they actually have an office or not.
0: Yeah. So like, do they have $250,000 in expenses a year? Right. Could this thing run on a, could this thing be like a 90% profit margins? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, How many employees did you say they had? uh, 15 listed on LinkedIn.
1: It's got to be higher than two hundred fifty grand, then, because everyone's yeah, got to be on the salary. Million.
0: If you if you figure if you figure a hundred thousand dollars per employee,
3: yeah, maybe le- maybe maybe less than that. Okay, hang on. And then what's the multiplier on something like that? Yeah, Is there yeah. minus. Let's say they have a million in expenses. Uh, that's 1.5 million times point. I don't know. Oh six. My math is not mathing. Um, 25 million. Okay.
0: Wow. That seems. That seems. That seems probably pretty aggressive.
1: You probably also have that to look is, at if they took out any loans. Is, what's their, what's their liabilities?
0: Yeah, I'm just going off of. Yeah. Basically. I'm real rough 1.5 million in
3: net at a six cap valuation.
0: But what's interesting is um, what's interesting. If, let's say that number let's say it's half that let's say it's 10 million. That's still, that's still a good chunk of cash. What's interesting is, um, you know, Sean, and I've talked about it extensively, like this, this, the future of online communities, which is, I think where I think the whole internet is going to go. I think it's going to
3: go away from courses because, I don't think
0: paid education is I, I think I think that we're gonna go into a paid community, paid access to people sort of world. Um actually we came from that world, human beings, and we're gonna go back to that world. <laughs> um but what's interesting is if you could get ten thousand people to pay you two hundred and fifty dollars a year, ain't that much money. Uh even Sean did it. <laughs> um and you can sell that thing for, for 20, for 10, you know, make $10 million in, in a couple of years. It's like, that's, that's real money.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to what you said about online education. What are your thoughts on that, the future of that? And um, why don't you like it? Or why do you like it? Paid, paid education. Yes. Um, Courses.
0: Yeah, because um I think most people don't learn that way. I don't think most people learn by like, hey, here's a bunch of here's a textbook. Sit at home and, and learn it. I don't think that's how I don't think that's how most people like to learn. I don't think that's a very effective way to teach. That's not what colleges do. That's not what um that's not what coaches would do. That's not what a like a mentor mentee would do. That's not what an entrepreneur, how you would learn, you'd learn by reps. So like there's nowhere in the society that it says like that model is effective and secondly everything piece of information that you can charge for if you were actually working on it you can find it free there's nothing on the there's nothing in the world that, the information world information is just democratized everything you want to know about the world i mean there's nothing that you can't learn about how to do everything that we do on cameras on youtube kyler later. Like, yeah. Did you, did you have, did you pay for mentorship to learn cameras? Did you, or did you like, was it a combination of YouTube university plus
1: going and doing? That right there. Yeah. Yeah. I started very young. So I took a class, obviously I was in school, but like on, like to actually do it, it's like you take the camera out and go figure it out on your own. You could, someone could tell you all they want, but you still have to go out and do it and figure it out.
0: And you probably need to be with somebody to be like, yeah, yeah. The reason why that photo looks like shit is because you're at, you know. You're overexposed. Or that's, you know, yeah. do you, the do feedback. You know, oh. the, um, Sagan? Sorry, you say again. Sorry, say that You a little bit of mentorship. You, you need a little bit of mentorship. Yes. You need somebody to be 100%. Like, why is this photo not where, it, like, you walk out with somebody and you guys both take photos together and you're like, why do yours look better? Oh, here's the yep. good camera. How come I still can't take good photos? And you get that hands on experience. It's, uh, um, so I think, I think right now we're in an economic period where, like, Um,
3: marketing is very
0: popular and so courses are um high leverage and so and they're easy to market and people are like thinking you know they need just to learn these things so i think it's popular right now but i don't think it's the future i think if i look at human nature um what did human nature do for thousands of years they did essentially caste systems in society it's like you're poor you're down there you're rich you're up here and that's what humans are naturally going to do. And they're doing it now. If you're paying attention, there's, there's how much does it cost to get into dependent his mastermind. Our mastermind here at better life is a few hundred bucks a month. Um, there's higher ones. Brandon has an absurdly high one, right? Everybody, all these big dogs have like big, big time. I know at least three off the top of my head, masterminds that are 50 grand a year. Right. And, and a whole smash more that are 10 to 20. There's just, there's an, and there's there's millions and millions that I don't know about. So I just think that's where, where people are going to go and it's like if you want to be around these people and learn from them one on one and you want to get into a smaller group then you pay for access
3: yeah no
1: I think you're spot on with that I just took a course I was just telling Sean last week I was like man it was boring but um it's just I said, I it feels Sean like I'm in class again and like I, it's hard for me to retain information on that I'm like just show me like let me just do it and then like, tell me like what I'm doing wrong. But you look at ancient philosophy, philosophers. That's how they were taught. It is mentor mentee. Socrates taught, uh, what's his name? And Plato. then he taught them. And then they taught Alexander the Great and like all these people, right? So it's a lineage of all these philosophers teaching each other over time. But a lot of that is just speaking to each other. And it's just talk because they talk and figure it out as they go. That's why these philosophers, have these ideas because they're expanding upon their experiences in life, but
0: yeah, I now, think
3: it's it, it's cool.
0: Yeah, would you would you pay to be around Socrates? Not to read his book, you can buy his book, right? But would you pay if you're like I can hang out with him every day? Uh-huh. Yes, because you're gonna learn on a level.
3: Yeah. Yes, one-on-one, just just get more out of
0: it. Or close one-to. I I I think about this a lot. Like what's the, group. the size for community? One to a group yeah, but not one to all I
1: think there is a point where it gets too big, then everything gets watered down a little bit, and it's too vague for everyone. But when you have smaller groups, you can definitely ask those questions personal questions still and be able to apply them to
3: your business or life or whatever
1: But yeah, I think, um, yeah, the future is uh and I'm interested in that too because I'm in you know, I've helped creators create courses and things like that. And when it was cool, it was cool. I feel I feel like it's very saturated. Everyone has a course. And then on top of that. It's like gotten to a point where. You feel like there needs to be some type of regulation on it, but you know, then again, I'm not a regulation type of guy, but it just feels like if you can create a course and you've gotten you have a month of experience and just like, dude, you should not be teaching people how to do something. Um, no, and but selling I don't want it for to tell money.
0: people they. Yeah, I mean, there's no accreditation. That's what the accreditation process was for colleges. Yes. Yeah. But um, no, there, I, I think um, no, I think people. I think dumb people should be um, should pay a little bit of a penalty for being dumb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Do your research. But no, I yeah. will admit, like as a young. When I was, you know, 18, 19 years old looking for information outside of university, back then it was like you had Ty Lopez and like everyone's like, oh, this is this is it, which I, I don't, I've never ended up buying any of Ty Lopez's stuff. I'm just, you know, you hear things and then it's like, damn, I was this close to buying his stuff and wasting my money or whatever. Um, yeah,
0: I think there's a definitely a level of charlatanism that exists right now in the market. There's a lot of scams. There's a lot of um,
1: don't sue me, Ty Lopez.
0: There's a the <laughs> the line between con and marketing is fucking gray these days. Um and I think people should be more skeptical than ever, but uh you know, that's I mean th- that's going to happen with communities too. It's going to be join my community da 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 da, and you're going to get you know nothing out of it, and you're going to get scammed. So it, it, it's not a perfect system and it won't it won't be a perfect system, but um I have found, I've done both. Or excuse me, I've not done both. I've never really paid for, for education, but I, I've learned a lot of education on the internet. Every Where I've learned is communities, and, and I have now paid for a couple of communities, and they're all, they've all really been worth it. And actually, what I'm doing, my, my, my strategy going forward is to put more money into communities. Hmm. Right? Can I swing a $15,000 a year um, bill to be in you know, GoBundance or something like that, and, and talk to people who are only millionaires and, and and some of these other big ones you know i'm not tight for me but also i wonder i'm like that's an investment bro like, could you meet one person that makes you the fifteen thousand dollars a year and now it's pays for itself
3: or, or better yeah so
2: when you look at joining communities alex do you because i'm always trying to think of like how do i divide my money that i make do you do you have like a certain percent that you're allocating for communities and education, or is it just kind of, if it fits within the budget?
0: Um, that's a good question. I, what I've been doing this year, especially is like, you know, I like to buy real estate, real estate's overpriced. Maybe not overpriced, but there's not that much money made in it, but you can't sit on cash. So then it's like, what are you gonna spend your money on? It's like relationships. So now is the time to spend money on, you can't sit on the cash and you can't just stockpile it and wait around. So, um, spend money on communities. The other thing is, I'll say this is like, this is maybe a little more nefarious. It's, it's sort of like going to YouTube your university instead of paying for a class. The argument is like, Hey, you could pay for this course and get all the YouTube university education up consolidated up front. That sounds good. So what if you do this, but it, maybe you're just a, if you're a hustler, if you're a go-getter, if you're an ambitious, you can just go do the research yourself, but it's more labor. So what if you did the same thing with communities where you're like, hey, I want to join GoBundance, but I don't have the 15 grand. Well, you can pretty easily find out who's in GoBundance and go, um, you know, network with them.
2: Well, how do you look at it, Kyler? And have you, because uh, I've done, you know, I did Crater Now, and that was uh, a cheaper one. I've done a handful of other cheaper community ones, you know, like 50 bucks or less monthly. Um, but another interesting stat that I read is like 90% of people don't finish their online courses that they take. And uh, I believe that I, I I even fall victim to that. I've signed up for a couple online ones where I haven't crossed all the way to the finish line. And I think one thing about community is if you can have the accountability with you know, the other people that are in the community with you, that could really help, you know, in terms of making sure you follow through with what you're saying you're going to do. But
1: yes, I, I think that comes down to as well. Like, so when you read a book, do you read it from page one all the way through? Or do you are you a skimmer? Um,
2: good question. So normally, I will check out the table of contents. Just to kind of see if they how in depth they they talk about like what you know like if it's just like randomized where it's like chapter one, like like early life, chapter two, my career, chapter three, like selling, and it's like okay, I get it, but like sometimes they're a little bit more granular with like what they'll cover or talk about, um so I try to just read that just to kind of see if I can get a preview, but then typically i'm I'll read it all the way through unless it's like something that like right now I'm reading yeah. a rock climbing book. And they're talking about, like, like doing bodyweight squats. So I started skimming because I was like, okay, I've, I've done bodyweight squats.
1: Yeah. Usually, so, I change the way I, like, take in information now where if I know I'm lacking in a skill and I could buy a book that maybe just has a chapter on what I only need, then I'll only read that chapter. Or... Same with a course, like, let's say I bought a course on how to use a camera, but I had no clue how I didn't understand, let's say like how to edit log footage, right? And I'm just trying to learn how to color grade. And there was a whole entire chapter on that. I would probably just buy the course just to watch the color grading video. The other ones are bonuses, but it's like, I don't need that. Like, right, I don't need to learn the basics of camera and camera shots and whatever. So when I go through information, I mean, I want to know like how what percentage of those people are like me, who it's like, I don't need this whole thing. I don't even need to go through the whole thing. I just need this one section. And I'm willing to pay for that knowledge. uh, Because I feel like I can't get it anywhere else or someone can explain it to me. That person I'm buying from explains it better than the other people I'm watching. So I with that information too, I look at that and I'm like, Okay, that makes sense. But for me, when I learn, I don't feel like I'm not going to waste my time because I value my time. So I'm just going to go through the stuff that I need, not the extra stuff, just so I can feel like I've accomplished one through A to Z. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's my thoughts on it too, is like the online education space with that. There's certain things that are helpful. The community thing I think is is great. Um. I've actually, now I think about it, I've probably never paid to be in a community. Hmm. Um. I'm either, I tend to barter to get into the communities. Now I think about it with the camera stuff, because certain communities, hey, I'll film the event, or um, let's shoot some content. And then by default, you're in the community, right? So I guess I've never paid cash, but I've paid with my time and my skills. Um, And that's how I've basically gotten through to so many different things, especially when I was younger, when I didn't have a lot of money. I had to think of creative ways. I was like, there's no way I'm paying $20,000 to get in. I don't even have that. Um, So yeah, I think that that's a good skill. That's how I've gotten wisdom. And then nowadays, I have a good community of friends who I feel like are very, very knowledgeable and are one to two steps ahead of me. And then I have some that are hundreds of steps ahead of me that I feel like I can go to and reach out and say, "Hey." Let's talk about business, let's grab lunch. let's talk about what we're working on. and thankfully, like they accept. that's the other thing. So you know, they trust me enough to not sit there and waste their time. and um we can actually talk about business and I get a lot of good advice and I've partnered with people as well um on business, on businesses or ideas and helped each other out um, to help build their brands and whatever. So that in itself feels like a free community because I have a good group of friends that I can go to to talk about business that I feel like I can trust and have good insight on things. So yeah, the community, yeah, I mean, I don't hate communities. I, I think they're great. <laughs> I, I think if you, want, if you don't wanna pay thousands of dollars for a community, then you just need to find a way to communicate with these people and just be genuine enough to become friends with them. Where it's it's fun to hang out with them and also talk business, so that's a win-win for me. I love that because it's just natural. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to pull something out of you, you know. um And I'm all about genuine relationships.
2: Absolutely. So, do you think this year would you join a community, or if there is that one, yeah, that I you think wanted? the right ones,
1: yeah. Um, especially if I'm in need of like certain information. Um, definitely not opposed to that. Yeah, it's just. For me, it's like, I don't want to join a bunch of tribes, basically, where I feel like I don't, one, bring value. That's a huge thing for me. Like, I don't want to join some something where I feel like I can't help at all. And I think if you're going to be in a community, it needs to be a fair trait. Um, so one, I have to be the right fit. And then two, are the people I'm talking to, obviously, um, something I care about. So even you know there could be a lot of smart people i guess my point is there there could be a lot of smart people with a lot of knowledge but like if i don't plan on doing anything in that realm or that space that they're talking about it's not going to be a value of me to me um it might be good to know the information but for me when i try to stay focused i literally try to stay focused on the one thing that i'm trying to do build. Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i'm open to it if i find the right ones but I wouldn't say I'm actively out there seeking all the time for it. Um, it's usually individuals I would actually seek out instead of like, how can I connect with this person? Because I feel like they have a good philosophy. They, they're a few steps ahead of me and they can definitely guide me. And if I could pay for a one on one, that's a different story. I would definitely pay for a one on one, like coaching sessions, maybe once, you know, once every quarter. I don't need a lot. I don't need to talk to someone a lot. You just tell me the right direction and I'll try to figure it out on my own and I think that's where you learn the
3: most is just doing.
2: <clears throat> you froze for a second, but you're saying that one-on-one uh, every quarter um yeah. Who would be if if you could have uh, your wish list of like three or four different people that you'd talk to every quarter, who would you pick?
3: Huh, that's a good question. Um, it's a good question. I have to think about that.
1: I think like one of them, like Matt, my buddy, right? He's a uh, we just get along well. Shout out Matt. So naturally, on top of that, I think he's very intelligent on the number side of businesses and talking about that. I think he's very analytical. So like, if you present a business idea or you plan on doing something with your business, he'll always bring up like, okay. Do the numbers make sense? And what are things that you're blindsided by? And so that's one person, which I already, you know, we talk to each other probably weekly now. um, That's valuable because I think having someone there that's just all numbers, 100% of the time to break things down completely takes the emotion out of things. And you can think 100% logically. So yeah, having some type of numbers person, a CFO or something, there that that is vital um and then i think you need to have someone also that's way ahead of you so you can still have like so you so you can still keep those dreams uh in the future of 10 20 30 years from now i have a friend that's you know he's way ahead of me so for me to have him there and to explain, Sean's gone. So I'm just gonna talk to you guys. But to have someone that's 10 to 20 steps ahead of you is, is huge as well because they can tell you if you see something through, uh you know, you can get to their level. And oftentimes for me, it's tough to be able to sometimes it's tough to think about the the future 20, 20 years down the line, and to have someone there that can guide you through. Like, hey, look, I know times are tough now, but trust me, if you stick through whatever you're working with in business, you can get far. So I keep I keep dragging on my answers. But I'm I think for me, like I don't have specific people. I think I have a lot of those people in my life already that I talk to. So Sean, I don't know what you missed, but I was talking about having someone in the financial space that can help you out, like a CFO. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, someone that's ten to twenty steps ahead of you that can help you still dream and hold on on that future that, hey, look, I know things aren't going out as they are now, but you can, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So I think those two people are essential. Um, and then maybe someone one to two steps ahead of you in your business that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. And, you know, I act as that type of person for other people already, where it's like, hey, this is something we're going through. And I was like, oh, yeah, I literally dealt with that last year. This is how we fixed it. Those are like, that helps you because it saves you so much time um, from having to figure out the, the hard things that you're stuck on. So,
3: yeah, those are three people I would definitely um, try to find in your life. Sure. Welcome back, Alex.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, uh, it's good to be needed in this world.
1: Yes. <laughs> A man in very high demand.
0: Yeah. Um, I apologize.
1: No worries. Um, yeah, we were just talking about. Sean asked a good question. He's we're still on the community type of topic, but who are some people that you recommend like having your life to help you in your business and your personal life? That you know, kind of like a wish list of people or people that you
3: already have.
0: Yeah. Um. You know, that's a good question. Uh, you need. Uh, first off, I started therapy this year. Uh, only very recently. I think that's important. Because what ends up happening myself, and I can't speak for everybody else, but I start treating my friends and family and coworkers as therapists because I need to talk my shit out. And then what happens is now you're giving them, like, people, you want people around to help you through your problems. But you don't want to be, you don't want, it to, be, you don't want it to be, you don't want to just dump your problems on other people. And so you, you, know, so you should have people around that you can, that are sort of designed for your for specific problems. The other, when you say like, what what kind of people do you need in your life? I think the first question is like, well, what do you want to do? You know, what do you really want to do? I hired a creative storytelling mentor this year, and I'm going to probably end that here soon because that's not what I actually really want to do full time, at least not yet. Um, So, what I'm going to do, I I can't say what everybody should do, but what I'm going to do is um, uh, I'm probably going to be moving to to Austin here this year, and I'm going to start a community of real estate investors. I love telling stories about people on camera. So I'm going to create a, uh, I'm going to join a community of Austin real estate investors, high end people that are ahead of me. Commercial, big deals, people that like, for me, I want to be at a place where everybody is above me in life and is either willing to, um, I don't want to say, it, I'll say it theatrically, like take pity on me and be like, oh, we'll drag Alex along. We'll find a place for him. <laughs> you don't want to be in a place where you're all peers and you don't want to be a place where you're at the top and you don't want to be a place at the bottom. You want to be in a place where you're in the middle. Yeah. And so generally that, that means, you know, I think about it like tithing, like it's like 10%. You're like, why? It's like, cause 10% is hard. 10% is hard. So what you want to do is you want to pay for a community that it's kind of hard. And that's how, you know, like other people are stretching too. Yeah. So I don't know if that, that answers your question. I kind of came in late, but um, you want to no. be, you want people around that are, um, that are doing a little bit better than you, that are willing to, you know, invest a little bit of their time and effort into you, at least for a short time. And um, if you can identify what you want to do, find the people that are doing it. You have access to them on the internet. Uh, I, I made a mentor out of a friend who a lot of people would like to have as a mentor, but they don't. And the reason I did it is I just text him. I just call, I just DM him. I just shoved my life into his life. And now, you know, he's giving me a lot of his time. So, Awesome. i think it's identifying the people that you want
3: to be like yep that's good similar a lot
1: similar answer to mine but yeah what about you sean
2: mm. yeah no i loved hearing your guys's answers yeah i think having somebody in your corner who's who's good at numbers and kind of like the cfo role like you said kyler is really great and then uh-huh. i
0: think uh having some
2: more is not yo, uh his this is the most tragic podcast
1: i've
0: ever done oh
2: no it, am i frozen again yeah
1: your internet alex is gone for five minutes i'm sitting here in in the in the pod by myself talking to my camera <laughs> i wish i could tell me when it's like
2: frozen and you guys can't hear me or something because let's um yeah I,
1: I, let's wrap this one <laughs> This one's uh, um, it's a, just tough with Sean. Join, join a community jumping in of and out. who have good Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, we, we gotta run speed tests before every every uh podcast in order to qualify.
0: He dropped off. Um, well, sorry, Kyler. Uh, but I, I do, I am grateful for your for your time. Um, but uh, are you part of any paid? Are you part of any paid communities at the time at this moment?
1: No, Sean actually just asked me that. He was like, would you join any pay community? I was like, it has to be the right one. Because one, I feel like I have to give some type of value. That's another thing. I don't want to be just taking. Um, and then also, two, it has to be a community where I have to feel like I'm learning as well. Because I was saying there's a lot of communities out there with a lot of smart people. But if it's something that I feel like I'm not interested in yet or I'm not focused on yet, then there's no point in me joining that because I'm focused on what I'm trying to build. Um, that's yeah. how I got into the mentorships of people and I was like that's what's helped me a lot recently is just having good friends that I count as a community that we bounce ideas off of each other friends that are ahead of me friends that are a hundred steps ahead of me so I can put it all into perspective yeah
0: yeah and, yeah and you gotta try I mean I think people they get a little bit of scarcity mindset and they're like I want to spend money to just have friends and I used to think that way too and it's just it's not spending money to have friends. It's spending money. It's an, it's an investment in human capital. Yes. Right. But just like any investment, I don't want to own most stocks. Right. I don't really, I don't own, I own some Bitcoin. I don't really want to own Bitcoin. I think it's, it's not the type of investment that I want. Uh, the same thing. I don't want to, I don't buy lottery tickets with my money. Um, I don't gamble. So, you know, Spending $3,000 a year to be part of a paid community $5,000 a year sounds outrageous, but then I realize, you think about it, I'm like, dude, you spend that on, on a lot of nonsense? So it's a good investment. If you don't have an investment mindset, then it seems like a lot of money. But when you have an investment mindset and you start realizing that, well, I, I have this old saying, or I think I learned from Grant Cardone, I never spend money
3: on things that don't make me money. Mm. So yeah.
0: communities make money. They make me more money. They make me I more was
1: money. Uh, talking about two. Joining communities of how I was lucky when I was younger because of the camera. Again, I was able to get into communities and meet certain people just because I was like, hey, let's shoot some content. Let's do that. So it's like that was my way back then when I didn't have 20,000 to join a community to be able to get in somewhere and see what these guys are talking about. Um, and that was huge.
0: Dude, Brandon has a, uh, has a mastermind called
3: the Liberty and it's only 50 people and it's 50 grand a year. And I cannot afford that. Not really. Not in, not re, not not responsibly. Um but I go because I have my camera. The camera will get you in rooms. I don't like it as my primary source of income, the camera personally. Um
0: but man, there's never I've never seen a better networking tool. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: And that camera know. right there costs you what? 3 4 grand. And And I'm like, that pays dividends.
0: Turns (laughs) out every entrepreneur in the world is an egomaniac and wants to look good or make some cool look. They just want to look good. They just want to look good. I'm like, here, I make you look good. They're like, let's be friends. What do you do? Can I have you around some more? I'm like, sure can.
1: Yep. That's the biggest tip I always tell people, camera guys. I was like, dude, don't just shoot, just to shoot. Like, strategize, leverage that
0: camera. Shoot to me.
3: (laughs) But. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you want to talk about anything else? or We want to save them for later, Sean. Oh, we can save them for a tragic us? episode. Yeah,
0: but
1: let's meet again. Soon. <laughs> Sean's gone. Um, bro.
0: I'll I'll, give you, I'll send you guys. Out, I'll have Christine send you guys out the link again, um,
1: and we'll set it up sooner rather than later. Cool. Sounds good. Good
3: talking to you guys. All right, boys. Uh, All right. Yeah, we will see you. All right, take care. Bye.